welcome to the Data Leadership Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Algman. Data is everywhere in our businesses, and it takes leadership to make the most of it. We bring you the people, stories, and lessons to help you become a data leader. We've partnered with Dataversity to provide listeners with 20% off your first training center purchase with promo code AlgmanDL. Go to dataleadershiptraining.com to learn more. Today on episode 100, we welcome back our good friend Bob Seiner. Bob needs no introduction as he's set the record for the most appearances on data leadership lessons, but you may know him as the creator of the non-invasive approach to data governance, the publisher of the TDAN newsletter, the founder of KIK Consulting and Educational Services, a frequent public speaker in the data management community, host of a monthly webinar series with Dataversity, or as an adjunct professor at Carnegie Mellon University. Bob, welcome back to the show. Thank you you very much. I'm amazed that we left some time to actually talk about something else after that. I try to fill in whatever I can so that in case we're going to run short on time, it'll all be okay. That grand introduction, that was was incredible. It it, it amazes me sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, well, and I did that all off the top of my head because obviously we're good friends. And and so I know this background, but I'm like, I just kept rattling off as I was like in the five minutes before the show typing that in and into the intro and, and I'm like, wow, that, that guy does a lot of stuff. He does a lot of stuff out there. And so, you know, you, you are a well-known, you know, data management thought leader for a reason. You are a busy, busy guy. <laughs> and I am, you know, I'm just, I'm excited. So I'm happy to, I'm always happy to talk to you on the show. And, and we talk a lot of times on the show, maybe we should record more of those. But the fact is, is that it's, um, the, the topic that we have, the topic that we have for today is really interesting. You, you came up with this idea and I immediately was like, huh, I don't think I've ever thought about it this way. So can you give us the background of what we're here to talk about today and kind of set the stage for the conversation that we've been both looking forward to having? So certainly. So, you know, you and I talk quite a bit and it's always nice to bounce things off of you, things that I'm thinking about, things that are coming up with clients, things that are coming up in other activities that I have going on. Um, I'm doing a webinar next week and and I'm sure that this podcast will come out after the webinar has already been posted. So people, please go to Day Diversity and check out the uh, Real World Data Governance webinar for August. But the name of the, uh, the webinar is The Impact of Data Governance on Data Literacy. And so I think you may know, we may have talked about this even in episodes episodes gone by, that when the term data literacy first was being used, I wasn't really a fan because I was just thinking it was another buzzword. We've got so many buzzwords, but I, I've grown to understand it and, and, and better and to incorporate it into a lot of things that I, I would talk about and work on with clients. So when, as part of getting prepared for that webinar here, a long story uh, to, to tell you leading this into this, um, I started looking up what are some of the uh, synonyms of the word uh, of the word literate. And I got a whole list. I got well-read. I got knowledgeable. I got cultured. I got some words that I, I don't use ever, and like erudite and learned and learned and literary and liter- and informed and all of these things. But I was saw that something was missing from that list. And that list was, yeah, you can be all of those things, but if you aren't understandable to other people in how you're presenting the information to people, um, are, are you completely literate? Are you as literate as you can be? And so in ways that organizations are attempting to get more literate, um, can they also work with their people to help them to become more understandable? And so I just on a whim sent you a text saying, hey, here's something that I'm thinking about. 
have you ever thought about it? And here we are today to, to, to talk about it. So I think it is a, a very interesting subject um, and love to hear what you think about it, too. Yeah, what I, what I immediately thought of when you sent me that text around, like, what is the role of communications in data literacy? That's the, kind of the, the the nugget that I was um, ruminating on, and and as I was thinking about it, I'm, I'm like, it reminds me of that poor phrase of like you you you're uh, two poor. It's a one poor phrase. Those who can't do teach. But then the other thing is that to really know something, you have to be able to teach it. And that was really the one I was going for. So the, the to know something, you have to be able to teach it. So like to be data literate, do you actually have to be able to explain what you know? And or is just understanding without the ability to communicate that sufficient for what we mean by data literacy? And that's where I started to think. And I'm like, because I, I could, I like I said to you in, in response, I'm like, I think I can argue both sides of this. I think this is one where I don't, I really know I don't know the answer to it. But it's one of those things that it's like, there's something here that's worth thinking about a lot. Because if data is not a communications vehicle, if, if putting data, if we think about data leadership, and we're trying to create the maximum impact from our mm -hmm. resulting actions of using data, then data is effectively itself a communications vehicle because it's teaching us something. It is it is informing us of something, right? That's literally what you just said in terms of the definition of data literacy. And so if I am going to make an impact with the data knowledge that I get, how essential then is it for me to extend that communication or that you know, knowledge or information to others. And that's the question, right? Like, can you effectively be a data leader, create data value, create these things that matter from your use of data without explaining how? And that is a very, it's a tough, tough question, right? Like, what, how do you do that? Like, what would, can we think of an idea? Can you think, Bob, of, of an example of where someone could be a data leader, somebody who could use data without necessarily having the ability to communicate what they've done or how they operated. You know what? I've given some thought to that. I mean, I, I was thinking about that is that if somebody understands the data and makes decisions without being able to communicate why they're making the decisions that they're making, that can be very problematic. I mean, I basically go back to definitions, and there are many definitions of what data literacy means. I mean, the, the Gartner definition says, you know, basically the ability to understand, share common knowledge, and to have meaningful conversations. I mean, if that's not all about communicating, I don't know really, uh, you know, those are great words to use to describe communicate. Um, the Data Literacy Project defines literacy as the second language of the business. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I buy into that one as much, but then there's um, uh, somebody else who said it's competencies involved in working with data. Uh, an article that was published on data diversity said that, that literacy is the ability to read, work, analyze, and argue with data. Um, it all comes down to communication. So I really, I couldn't think of where somebody could be, okay, they understand the data that they're working from I guess you could be data literate without being able to communicate, but it would be a real, be a real detriment, I, I would think. 
And we've got to, we got what we have to really do is we need to differentiate between literate and being able to articulate something. And right, right. Something. I, the the example that is popping into my head is, and and it, I think it's been a big challenge for data scientists in particular um, to be relevant in organizations because I think sometimes they only get half of this uh, equation because they they use I mean. Any data scientist, I think most of us would argue, is quite data literate. They understand how the data works. They're doing statistical methods. They're usually some programming. Um, they're creating models and all of that stuff. Where the relevancy of a data scientist tends to break down most is connecting that output from the work that they're doing to viable business processes or, or, or business decisions or, or what have you. And it becomes an exercise that's almost academic in nature, but not leading to pragmatic real value a, a lot of the time. And that breakdown is because the data scientist, while doing something extremely complicated, lacks the ability to connect it in two ways. One, to the real business processes and, and the, the meaningful decisions that need to be made. And two, to the people that need to make those and to in, in, implement those. And that's where I really start thinking, I'm like, we're, we're on to something here because I can see other parallels where we've done something to, to get halfway home, like we've produced a data lake that has a ton of data that everybody in the organization can use, but nobody knows how to find anything. And so then it starts to languish and then it ends up being abandoned. It's the same kind of pattern that we're seeing there. And I think that's where this, this inquiry heads is like, is this the completion of being data driven is that data literacy, if you want to just say it's the front end, fine. We can we can argue semantics. That's a lot easier than arguing truth. Um, but if we can say, is data literacy, okay, if it's just understanding, fine. But data literacy, understanding without action and impact is also just not enough, right? Like just right. understanding is not enough. Right. And, and it's really an opportunity for those organizations that are focusing on becoming literate to educate people, to help them to connect the dots, to connect what the, the data scientists are doing to the business outcomes. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that, that, that there is that capability in everybody to learn how to communicate better in order to, how to, how to connect, how to connect the dots that I just talked about. So, um, I, I think we need to have a determined, purposeful effort around as part of our data literacy program to help people to be able to, you've heard the expression data storytelling. Yeah. You know, they start to tell stories, tell stories with their data, tell stories with what they're seeing in the data, being able to become understandable. Besides for all those other attributes or synonyms for the word literate, um, helping them to become understandable, it may not happen on its own. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know, what do you think? How can we help those people to become, to be able to connect the dots and to be able to, here, I'm asking you questions and it's your <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I think I do that a lot. Um, I, I think that the, the question is, is a data literacy program even the right program? Because I would argue that what we want here is a data leadership program. What we want here is something that will enable people to start making real impacts with data. Um, I, 
I've struggled at times with the notion of focusing on data or even being data driven, because to me, that's part of the journey. That's part of what is important, but it's not really the, the, the punchline, right? It's not the real thesis. The real thesis is that our organizations need to remain and become and improve their competitiveness mm -hmm. and data should, and is necessarily going to be part of that equation. And so our ability to work with that is really important. And so mm -hmm. there's data literacy in there. And, but our ability to then put that into action is the most critical thing. Even, even moderately capable data analytics can drive really meaningful competitiveness for an organization. And that's really what matters. And so the focus, even when I call it data leadership, I feel that the emphasis on data is almost just misleading. Like it's almost too much. It's like, let's focus on leadership. And, and this is, you've been on the show a few times, but you know, like in my prep for every guest I have on this show, I say, I want to be light on the data, heavy on the leadership because it's the leadership. It's the story. It's the passion. It's the business. That's the thing that resonates with people. It's that life's work. The thing that you care about. It's not the data is part of that. It's part of how you do it, but no artist is known for their brushes, right? They didn't have the best brushes and they, they it was because of the brushes that they did all this great art. No, it was their talent, their work ethic, their, their vision, their, their, their whatever that is. Right. But that's the point of all of this. It's is amazing how that, this, do we that this is episode 100 and you've come full <laughs> circle of everything and the way that you just summarized it is, and you've had some incredible guests over mm -hmm. the, the time that you've been doing this, is to come full circle back to, well, do we really even call it data literacy? Maybe it's really just a part of data leadership. Mm -hmm. I think the term data literacy is not going to go away. And I think that it's still just like data governance and, and master data management and everything, that, data warehousing, everything that's been around for years. Um, it's just going to become part of the landscape. Okay. Well, and I think that organizations, I agree with everything that you said about how relevant this is to leadership and how these how all of these episodes haven't really focused on the data. They focused on the leadership part of things. Um, it's just amazing how it kind of comes full cycle now, full circle to the fact that really this is data leadership. This is data leadership 101 is, is helping to get the people in your organization to be able to get the value out of their data and become more data literate. I have to say, like, I, I like that and I appreciate that. And, and I, it gets me thinking, too. I'm like, data leadership is almost leadership 101. Like, really, it's it's a it's a component piece. We've been we've been focused on the data leadership component throughout this podcast. hundred episodes over two years. We've been doing this. And it's one aspect of the leadership necessary to elevate a business in today's world, you know, in the 2020s and beyond. It is essential that we leverage data, but that we also establish good leadership. And, and some of the things that we've dabbled on in the past 99 episodes are things like, you know, the data is a, a kind of horizontally oriented um, piece of the puzzle, right? Where, where we have our siloed organizations that are functionally siloed typically, and they have those silos for a reason. That's how you scale a business. That's how you get focused. That's how you get your, show, your, your job done, right? But that's 
not what data does. Data comes from all these different pieces and from outside the organization. We want to use it horizontally across the entire thing. And our organizations are not well set up to do that. Our technologies are not well set up to do that. And so we're finding solutions to cut across in ways that we haven't done exactly like this before, though we've kind of done some things like this before. Like I think human resources is an interesting model for data inside organizations because human resources cuts across the entire organization. Mm -hmm. Everybody has human needs. Everybody needs new things as, as things evolve. Like, These are not entirely new concepts. These are not entirely new needs, but the pace of technology and data change exceeds the pace of human evolution. And so that's the thing. Our organizational change and our human change does not evolve as quickly as our technology or data availability evolves. And so how we cut across that organization, getting back to our topic at hand, is the data literacy component but it's also this data enablement or communications or leadership component that asks us to do things in a horizontal way across the organization in ways that that we just haven't successfully done um, a lot of times before. Because even on the human side, you can have organizational policies, but then you also need your domain or function HR reps and recruiting and what have you. I mean, think about how different it is to recruit talent in a technology team versus a manufacturing team or a finance team. It's entirely different people you're looking for, even though the function of recruiting shares commonalities across them. It's funny. We talked about in another one of the podcasts, I think, using how strong organizations were data wise in order to recruit people. You know, using that as a benefit of the organization. You know, you touched on so many things there, and I kept thinking of the word, you know, organizational change, and then the word came out of your mouth, organizational change. Because, yeah, technology is changing very quickly. Organizations are changing, too. Maybe not as quickly, but they're changing. So we can't just address the technology change. We can't just address the organizational change. We... Where I see the leadership is, and, in, in, you know, I, I go to you when I have questions about, you know, am I really thinking about leadership, is how do we bring those things together? Is that the job of the leader to bring technology change and organizational change and whatever other types of changes are, are taking place, bringing those together? Because, you know, organizational change is, is huge. Um, I guess, again, trying to tie it back to data literacy, um, it's got to be able to touch on all of these things. We've got to be able to communicate effectively with data in order to be able to handle the technology change because it's impacting, Mm -hmm. that's impacting the data too. And organizational change and business change, business focus change, and those types of things are impacting the data too. If we don't become data literate, it's going to be very difficult to become data leaders. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the, so the, the thought just popped into my head of like, God, there's part of me that's really tired of talking about data and leadership. And like, it's almost feels like this is different than, you know, data leadership is somehow different than leadership that, that data literacy is somehow different than, functioning effectively in your your company with the the assets that you have you know it's not it it, it what i what i where i'm going with this is that 
we shouldn't think of data as a thing we also need to do. It needs to become part of what we do every day, everywhere in the organization. It's like, while I build technology platforms for a living or I give speeches or I do whatever, I'm also breathing. I use oxygen constantly. Data is like the oxygen of our businesses in a lot of ways because it, it keeps us going. And yet we sometimes don't even think about it. We don't even know that it's there. We don't even know. Like I still, there's a part of me that I'm like, so if I'm in my house, which has literally zero plants, if I'm in my house and I don't have my air conditioner on and I have the windows closed, why don't I run out of oxygen? <laughs> like, why does that not happen? And so like, there's things like that where it's like, we don't know everything about all of the world that around that is surrounding us in, in our businesses or as, as individuals or what have you, though it is pretty amazing wow. to be able to like look on your phone for any answer to anything you could imagine at any time. Um, that's it still takes all the mystery out of life, but uh, yeah, I get that. <laughs> it does, but it's really cool when you're like, Oh, I did know that person was in that movie. Yeah. Like that's, it's definitely, but <laughs> I'm just on a tangent roll today. Um, the, uh, the getting back to it though, it's like, Data, if we continue to think about it as an also we need to, we'll never get there. We'll never actually achieve what we need to with data in our organizations because it's too fundamental. It's actually everywhere. And so, you know, I've had so many conversations over the years around things like chief data officers and where does our reporting structure go and where is data and like data is too important to be trusted to technology. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, it it's everywhere. It It needs to be thought of as like, if you say, say in a house, you did suffocate if you didn't have oxygen and the oxygen would go away if you didn't actively think about how do we manage the oxygen in this house? Because that's more like data, right? That's that's more the situation we have with data is that if we're not managing it accurately, all it's going to do is cause problems. It is not it, like we are going to have problems if we do not actively manage it. OK, so we need to have a way to do that. We need to create some systems. We need to create some strategy. We need to make sure people are using the data correctly because if they don't breathe the data correctly, then they all get poisoned and die. Like there's a weird analogy there. And again, probably shouldn't be coming up with analogies on the fly during the podcast, but Hey, this is what you get. <laughs> but this, you know, that's where I feel like if we're, if we're thinking about data the right way, it's like oxygen to our businesses. It's not an also then. So if, if data literacy is a thing, then it's like teaching a person to breathe. That's not really a thing that we understand because that's a thing you just know how to do. So break <laughs> break apart that that analogy. I kind of feel like this analogy is not working. So well, first I of all, I wrote down the quote and it's in quotes. It's not an also. I, I mean, mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot that can be dug into for that. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Maybe that'll be episode 200. <laughs> uh, but the but I like that idea. But I have another analogy that, that I say um, data governance is like a game. Okay, when we're talking about specifically governing the data, maybe it could be leadership, maybe it could be literacy as well. But you've won the game when you get to the point where people aren't actively thinking about I'm doing this because data governance is telling me that I need to do it. So just like you've said, it's not an afterthought. It's just mm -hmm. kind of built into what we do. Mm -hmm. And that's when the point, because governance is scary. The name governance is scary. Um, maybe it's more scary than leadership or literacy for sure. 
But if we can, I agree with you, if we can get to the point where it's just inherent in what we do, we'll all become better leaders if we, but it, it's still, it's going to take a focused effort to get us there in order to do that. So I think data governance is a game. We win the game if, in fact, we can get it to a point where people aren't thinking in terms of data anymore mm-hmm. or, or the governance of the data. Well, and, and too, I, I, I love thinking about things as a game. Like I think about my career as a game or a business as a game. You know, I'll never forget when I was in, in my, my graduate school program, the professor's like, listen, it was an entrepreneurial class. And he's like, he's like, guys, listen, he's like, if you go into business for yourself and you lose all your money and the business goes bankrupt, you fail miserably, you'll learn some things, certainly. But what's your fallback here? You're going to go find another six-figure job somewhere else, right? Fine. Your your real potential for loss here is relatively minimal, but there's an opportunity to learn. And I always think about that because I think about, like, it's so important. It is really important to make our businesses successful, but it is not quite life and death. It's really something that we have to recognize. Like, I can predict your future, Bob. You're going to die. You're going to die sometime. I can predict my future. I'm going to die sometime too. But everything up until then is other stuff, right? Like it's all, it's all what it is, right? And so if we think about like, I think about that, I'm super scared of heights, right? I'm super scared of heights. And if I go and say, I want to, let's use an analogy for our game of data governance. Let's use a game of basketball, Right. Let's think about a game of basketball. If I go into the backyard and I have a little portable hoop there and I can shoot baskets, that's fine, right? If I took that basket and my little driveway area and I raised it a thousand feet in the air with just drops on every side. And if the ball goes off the court, that's it. You got to no, you got to walk down all the steps to go down and get the no, ball. No, there's no steps. There's no steps. It's it's either that you you play basketball in your backyard or you play basketball a thousand feet in the air with huge consequences. Okay. How well are you going to shoot that ball in those two environments? And this the point here is that if we put the added stress on ourselves of having to make this really big and really dangerous and really, you know, this is the world, then we are not going to be able to play the game like an athlete would. We're not going to be able to relax and shoot the ball naturally. We're going to be so afraid of making weight. We're going to be so afraid of making a mistake that we're going to be rendered motionless, which is how I am a thousand feet. I'm scared as heck. And so then if we, if we, if we think about this and think about data governance or think about our business, think about our careers as a game. And I played a lot of baseball growing up. Like if you held the bat too hard, you couldn't swing the bat very well. But if you can loosen that grip and just realize, hey, there's there's a lot going on here. Let's be okay with the fact that there's a lot going on. There's influences that we can make, but perfection is out of reach. That's I think the the key. So we, we have to put things in perspective on that. So oh, and, I don't again. The analogies, I don't know if they're working today, but I'm enjoying them. This is, so. this is the tangential issue, uh, <laughs> the tangential uh, episode of, of the of the podcast. Um, but it's kind of funny because when you talk about trying to shoot a, a hoop when you're a thousand feet in the air and you know if you 
don't make it, the ball's gone. And, you know, we have tennis courts in our neighborhood down the street that are, are surrounded by fences. And if you hit the ball over the fence, the ball's gone. You're never going to find the ball mm-hmm. again. And you think that it would improve my game. It hasn't improved my game at all. <laughs> See, that's a better analogy. You you accomplished the same effect without making it totally ridiculous and non-relatable. Well, I so guess I we'll play with it. You know, that's, 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 I don't know if I like the way this sounds, but I, that, I guess we'll play with two balls then. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Choose your analogy and, and yeah. So, 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 you know, again, I think that, you know, what we started talking about today is, um, is really about data literacy. And, and again, what are some of the traits of being able to become data literate? How does it, how does that relate to data leadership? I think there's a, a lot of good things that we talked about in there. Um, but, you know, the things that I'd like pe- to leave with people is if you're, if you're going to focus on improving the literacy in your organization, at least consider the ability of the people who are you're helping to become more data literate, helping them also to be able to communicate effectively with the data, to be able to argue with the data, as the dataversity definition said, tell stories with the data, as we talked about. You know, we, t- we have a couple of friends who talk about data storytelling quite a bit. And you've had one on your podcast, Scott Taylor, for sure. And, yeah. you know, I hear, I don't know if it was him or somebody else who talked about not only having the ability to tell stories with data, but you can tell stories about data and you can tell stories with data. And those are both different skills. Telling stories about data are things that practitioners, we're doing that constantly. We're trying to justify our existence. We need to tell stories about why metadata, we still have to tell stories about why why metadata is important to the understanding of the data, okay? But then we need to be able to tell stories with the data too. And I'm sorry, I don't know who said that. It might've been Scott or somebody else. But yeah. I mean, I think that's a great, when you're thinking about adding that understandability to somebody in a level of data literacy, focus on both of those. Because you know, maybe they need to tell stories with the data more than they need to tell stories about the data but at least recognize that there are a couple different things that they could use help on. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a good takeaway. I think that, that the point here is that data literacy understanding is probably not enough. And if we're thinking about establishing a program for data literacy, maybe we should aim higher and say, can we extend that to being able to teach people how to communicate about data and tell those data stories and, and mm-hmm. fill in the rest of that journey regardless of what labeling makes the most sense in your particular organization, how to you know, aim higher than just literacy. Literacy is what you minimally need. What you need is really an ability to develop data leaders, to develop people that can continue to build upon this and incorporate it into the fabric of everything that they do. And I was trying to avoid using the word fabric because fabric and mesh are all over the place these days. But I feel like that really is what it's about. It's not a data fabric. It's an organizational fabric. It's a fabric of your organization. It's how your organization, the tapestry that your organization is. And data is just part of that. And and that is, and it's everywhere. It's thread. Like that's where data plays a role. And if you're going to teach people how to operate in your organization, you're not teaching them about the data of your organization, then you're not giving them everything they need to be successful. And that to me is is really what the the, the point of this is, is... It's not 
really just about, you know, we've, we've, there's a hundred episode hundred. We've had so many conversations with so many people doing so many different things with data, building technologies, building entrepreneurial endeavors, working in their organizations, creating new things, working with people. And all of those facets to this gem that is data leadership. I think we've uncovered quite a few things that are going to be useful techniques, useful tactics, useful tools, but aren't really the full story for anybody who's watching this or listening to this. It's really about saying, how can I take some of this knowledge, but apply it to my organization in a way that makes the organization more successful in the end. And that's really, that's data leadership. That's what data leadership is really all about. More you, successful organizations with data. And, you know, you start this podcast, every one of these podcasts in this series by saying data is everywhere. Data is everywhere, not just in business, but in life. And that, um, we need to recognize that. And and I always like to say that the data is not going to improve itself. It's going to take an effort to do it. So I think more of us should strive to become data leaders. You're also quite uh, quite quotable. So I, I, I tend to, to, to write things down as you're talking about them. And I think one really good takeaway from this podcast is to aim higher than just literacy. I mean, if we can understand what literacy is and we can help people to get there, let's take it another notch up and let's help the people not only to become data literate the way that it's being described by so many organizations, but get them to become understandable. So, boy, just working on my my, webca my webinar for uh, for next week led to this discussion. I think it's great. Yeah, I, I really appreciate this. And it's it's been fun kind of talking through the topic, but also kind of using this as an opportunity to look back and look at what we've been talking about for the last couple of years with the, with the podcast and, you know, what comes in, you know, what comes next, what goes you know forward? Well, that'll be a conversation for another week. But I think looking back, hopefully people that are, are, you know, regular subscribers to this that have been watching or listening to these shows for a long time, recognize what we've been trying to accomplish here. There's a wealth of knowledge in these. If you haven't listened to all the episodes, go and listen. And, and quite frankly, some of the best episodes are ones that you wouldn't expect. It's the ones that where you're like, I don't know if this topic is in any way relevant to me. Go listen to that one. That's the one that you should listen to because it's going to teach you about something. And, and I talk sometimes about like widening your blinders. It's like we all have blinders. We all have assumptions. We all have misconceptions. How you function in the world. But we always want to expand that perspective. And what I've been able to do myself in these last 100 episodes is be able to talk to different folks, some of whom I never had met before and wouldn't have met without this podcast, but learn from them and their journeys how they see what data means to them and what data means to their business or what they're trying to do in terms of organizational change or, or what have you. And I'm, and I'm proud of, of each and every one of those conversations and, and those different perspectives. And so I hope you can go back and listen to some of those and, and see, Hey, there's some real value here. Those conversations are going to be relevant for a long time. So I'm hopeful that, um, you know, people continue to find them and continue to listen to them no matter what happens going forward those will be there. Hopefully those will be accessible and, and, you know, part of, of what people can learn from. And, and I'm, you know, humbled to have, have been playing a role in that. I learned alongside you. So that's to me, uh, been a really great, um, really great part of this is that I'm the student too. That's why I do this. Well, I, and I feel honored and privileged to every time I'm on with you on, on these episodes. And, um, 
And congratulations, 100 is a, is a heck of a milestone. And it, it shows, and I would suggest the same thing to people. Go back and look at ones, and, and there's nuggets of information, just perspective. That's what we talked about even before we did this podcast, is the what it really has offered is unique perspectives on data and on data leadership. And uh, congratulations on episode 100. It's a heck of a milestone. Yeah, thank you, Bob, and thank you for being a, a big role in in a lot of these episodes and a lot of the uh, the the creation of this podcast, and certainly a lot of the um, conversations we've had not on the air here. Um, you know, your mentorship and and guidance uh, throughout this endeavor for me with the podcast, as well as just in my career as a as a data management professional and, and leader, um, is is really something that I, I cherish a lot. So th- so thank you. Uh, again for that. Um, for anyone who doesn't already know how to find you, uh, before we go, just what's the best way for folks to find you or reach out to you um, yeah, after the show? Well, they can reach out to me through my publication, which is the Data Administration Newsletter, tdan.com, tdan.com. Our signer at tdan.com would be easy. I'm very easy to find. I'm the only redheaded Robert signer on LinkedIn. So if you want to connect with me that way, I don't think if you look up redheaded Robert signer, you're going to find them. But if you put in Robert signer and data governance, you'll probably find ways to connect with me all over the place. So thanks for giving me the opportunity to, to say that. Bob, thanks so much for being on the show today and and everything else uh, that you've done uh, to help make this uh, podcast successful. And thank all of you for joining us today. As always, you'll find more information and links in the show notes. Go to dataleadershiplessons.com to subscribe and check out our past episodes and accelerate your journey with training at dataleadershiptraining.com. If you're enjoying Data Leadership Lessons and are interested in electric vehicles, please check out my new podcast at electricdrives.us. We give you the information you need to transition to your electric vehicle future. And as always, stay safe during these unusual times and go make an impact.